Hi, my name is Sam Williams, and welcome to part one of episode number 180 of my 60 Music Podcast, the Millennial Throwback Machine. So first of all, I'd like to welcome all you to part one of episode number 180 of my 16 music podcast, The Millennial Throwback Machine. I'm Sam Williams, and for those of you who are just now discovering this podcast, either on the Apple Podcast app, or in Stitcher, or in iHeartRadio, or on Google Play Music, or on Spotify, and you're wondering, so what the heck is, I'm going to give you a description of what the show is all about. Okay, so I'm Sam Williams, and I'm a 26-year-old songwriter slash producer, but I'm also a huge 60 music fan slash expert slash nerd. Each week with this podcast, I take one song by one artist in the 60s and split the show in two parts. First part of, to- part of the show, I talk about my opinion of the song and why I think it's so good or why I think it sucks. And then do my own personal analysis on the arrangement of the song, which will include the chords, melody, and lyrics. And second part of the show, dig deep into the history behind that track. And that part of the show, talk about who wrote the song, who produced it, where it was recorded, talk about the studio the song was recorded at, talk about the session musicians or the band members that played on the song, talk about the history behind the songwriters that wrote the song, and the producer that produced it and the artist that recorded it, and the history behind the label the song was released on, and the peak position the song made up originally on the Billboard Hot 100 charts when it first came out, and the year month the song was released. All that is in the second part of the show. Now, before we move on to this week's episode of the podcast, I must say that... Um, I, 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 I'm the reason why I sound a little nasally right now is because I actually, do, I just, I just got over kind of a bad sinus cold. So still kind of getting over it, but I'm feeling a lot better than it was last weekend. Um, but yeah, other than that, uh, in other news, um, my, my mixes for my next EP, this is the five songs I recorded for it are getting worked on as we speak and they, and, and, and they will be out pretty soon. I mean, not the whole EP because I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to put out, I totally told you guys this already. Um, I'm going to do like four songs, the first of four new songs as singles, and then the whole EP with the extra track being Turquoise Apricot. That's kind of what I want to do, anyways. But, um, but yeah, so that's the plan. Um, you know, as and like I said, you know, you guys should totally subscribe to the premium subscription version of this podcast. Um, but I would love for you guys to hear these interview episodes that I'm doing. You know, because if you if you enjoy this podcast, you love the information that's talked about on here, then you're gonna love these interviews because, you know, this is it's like kind of like the next level from what I from what I from what I just what I do by myself. Because you're gonna hearing from, you're gonna hear from people that are actually there, and if you've listened to any of my past interviews that I've done for free, you should know how good they are because they're definitely very very good, and uh, you know, so you don't want to miss out on these interview episodes. These because these ones are really really cool. And, uh, you know, I mean, you know, I, you know, so this is kind of where I'm at with my podcast. It's kind of the, the progression that this podcast has made, you know. So if you guys want to hear any new episodes, any new interview episodes I'm doing, they're all going to be in the premium version. Now, if I choose to have on, like, an, a new artist, on the other hand, who is not necessarily, um, you know, from the 60s, but is influenced by a lot of music from the era, uh, and has that vintage retro sound, then... Maybe I'll put the put that interview episode up here, you know, because the you know because yeah, I mean like, 
I think it would be easier for for their fans to kind of access it versus, you know, the premium sort of subscription people. You know, they, there's more of a value to the the me interviewing these older guys and them sharing a lot of very difficult to find information on some very well known, very classic hit songs. You know, there's there's a lot of value to that. I think that I think that's worth paying for, and that's why I, I launched the premium subscription fee for those interview episodes. But for you know, for the ones where I, if I ever get to talk to a modern artist, it's a little different because it's newer stuff and it's not as. But still, I mean, the information will be cool. But I just think that, you know, the the information it's it's definitely it's it's it's, it's a different thing, you know. So uh, those ones will probably put on the the free version. But please go subscribe the premium subscription version so you can find out some really cool information about, you know, a lot of this great sixty stuff I talk about every week that is not very easy to find on the internet. I mean, I really, when I interview these guys, I always ask the questions that, you know, that don't often get discussed, you know, and they, and they reveal information to me that I guarantee you is, is not easy to find on the internet. So you definitely want to jump on this premium subscription feed. And, uh, you know, like I said, if you subscribe, I'll send you a couple of songs off my next EP, but, um, that's so well, love for you to do that. And let's get started on this week's show. All right, so let's get started in this week's song, shall we? All right, so um, this particular um, artist, it's, I was looking through my episodes, right? And I haven't, uh, I realized that, oh my God, it's been a while since I've covered psychedelic rock. I mean, not too long ago, I did like, I did a garage rock song and it was, but it wasn't really psychedelic. It was more punk rock. It was more hard rock. And there is a difference between the two. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's easy to say that, you know, garage, a lot of garage rock was psychedelic. And that's true. I mean, you know, the, 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 the genre was half psychedelic, half punk. I mean, that's basically the whole spo- scope of garage rock. It was half punk, half psychedelic. That's basically what you what you got when it came to, you know, that whole garage rock genre. I mean, it started out as punky, you know, it very it was very, very punky in the beginning, and it was like that for a long time, and then it got psychedelic. So I mean that's sort of the sort of that, that essentially that's what that's the whole scope of psychedel of of rock, garage rock from that time. It was punky very punky in the beginning and then it became psychedelic. So but I noticed that it's been a while since I haven't since I've done a psychedelic rock record. I haven't done it since Kenny Rogers in the first edition, which just dropped in to see what my condition my condition is in. So I thought, you know what, let's 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 tackle another one of those songs. Um, you know, because I because it's been a while since I've done it. I thought let's do it again. So this particular record of psychedelic rock this is going to be a fun one for me to dive into and just analyze and just really break down because you know it's one of those songs that it's again like the thing is i've talked about this before on my podcast the thing is with psychedelic rock is that it's it's definitely it's the stereotype of 60s music it really is you know when people when the average person thinks of 60s music they automatically gravitate towards psychedelic rock i mean that's just (laughs) Literally, it's the stereotype of what is glorified in the media as what music was like back in the sixties. It's the, it's the hippies. It's the, it's the, it's the LSD. It's the drugs. It's the rock. It's like you know, it's just like it's the stereotype of what people, most people think is sixties music. So I, this might, and because of that, you know, sort of thing, this might be a song that you know already. So, 
I mean, this this might be something that you might be already familiar with, but I think it, what's going to be interesting about this particular song and this particular genre of music is the stance that it because you know psychedelic rock songs in the sixties were either convoluted lyrically, you couldn't understand a word they were saying. It was like you know ridiculous lyrics about like who knows what. I mean, it's like they they they're either songs like that or they're songs the very clear, very important message that they were trying to get across when they were writing these songs. I mean, there's there there are psychedelic rock songs that were very very important. the The message was clear as day, and there was they were no they were not trying to skate around it or dance around it. They are basically telling you exactly what their thoughts and opinions are on certain things. And, you know, and, and look, I mean, like, it's, you know, some songs, I, psychedelic rock songs, it's obvious that there's probably drugs involved because some of them are total, like, freaky, like, talking about, like, going, going to, tr you know, going, doing, like, pr going, going to the playground and doing, like, laps around, you know, the, the, the rainbow swimming pool, you know, just stupid lyrics like that because it's obvious, like, you know, certain certain hallucinogenic drugs make you use your imagination a lot more, and those imaginative lyrics came out in a lot of those psychedelic rock songs. But this one in particular isn't really. It, there are there are there is some imagery in this song as far as the what's going on lyrically, but the message of the song is still very very clear, and it talks about something that was also going on in the sixties that kind of coincided with, you know, the hippie drug movement of the time, and that was the free love movement. So because because the free love movement was pretty much catching on by the time this record came out, and this message w had a, the song had a very strong, clear message to those people who were trying to jump on the free love movement, which was happening in the '60s. And uh, it's something I can talk about too, because it's something that I I have my two cents on, you know. And it's also a really cool song musically, and there's a lot going on in terms of the arrangement. Um, you know, it's 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 a cool psychedelic rock song, and it's also interesting because it has a female singer too. We'll talk more about that next week. But anyways, um, so this song came out was recorded in November third, nineteen sixty six, and it came out on April first of nineteen sixty seven. This group is called Jefferson Airplane. The name of the song is called Somebody to Love. When the truth is found to be. This is a really cool song. I mean, it's just, it's really interesting, and it's definitely the polar opposite of what I did last week for sure. I mean, this couldn't be any different than the song I talked about last week. And you know, it's funny. Like I, you know, whenever I do this show, I always try to strive to whenever whatever I did last week to do the complete polar opposite of what I did last week for the next week in terms of the in terms of the songs I talk about every week on my podcast. And it's really to show you the variety that this amazing decade of music of the 60s had in terms of, uh, you know, genres is concerned. I mean, it was, it was the, the, the difference between the early 60s and the late 60s is absolutely staggering. It's not even funny. And this song is definitely a good example of where we were at musically in terms of rock music in the late 60s. And I'm going to talk about what makes this song so great, both musically and lyrically. But first, let's dive into the song's music. Okay, so 
you know, this is here's one thing about this song musically that's really cool, and it's not something that I I'm, I'm a huge fan of, but sometimes I can like it depending on what kind of song it is. And you know, I've talked about this before about songs like this. Songs like this can be either cool or they can be kind of just hokey and just not that great. But this song is cool. I like it. And what I'm talking about is. You know, the song, for those of you who, you know, aren't, you know, musically inclined, the song is in a minor key. It's not in a major key. And you can tell right away because the opening chord is is minor. So, so minor. I mean, this song is F sharp minor all the way from the beginning, middle to end. I mean, this song is for sure in a minor key. And I've talked about this before about songs in minor keys. You know, they could either sound really, really cool, like give off like a cool, like I'm a badass vibe, or they can give off more of a dark, more of an emotional side. And this song, you know, I like, I tend to like songs in minor keys that give off that cool, I'm a badass vibe. And this song is definitely one of those songs that gives off that cool, I'm a badass sort of vibe to it. Even though the lyrics are kind of dark, but I'll talk more about that in a minute. But first, let me just sit with that for a second. The song is in a minor key. And, you know, it's musically, it, it, you know, it, 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 you know, there are certain minor key cliches. I mean, there's the one seven, six, five. And, you know, that was sort of a, a early 60s kind of a thing. A lot of early 60s songs had that. Um, but this is a little different because this song kind of plays around a little bit in terms of the chord changes happening. Uh, there's there's a heavy usage of, um, you know, the, the, the B major, which in this case it is the uh, it, it is the it is the uh, it's it's the it's 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 the it's the third it's it's the, it's the uh, it's it's the major third because typically in this key um it's it's you know be it'd be the minor third so basically you have you know b major would be b minor but in this case you know the major 3 gets used a lot in this song and it's it's you know and a lot of minor key songs do that. I mean, the major three is such a huge focal point in a lot of minor key songs. You know, it's it's definitely it's definitely something that is a, uh, you know, it's a uh, it's 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 used a lot. You know, it's wait a minute, uh no sorry, so actually no it's 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 different. So I'm kind of getting my it's actually the major four. Oh man! <laughs> See, this is sometimes my brain, brain, my brain farts. It's it's the major four is what is what I'm talking about because F sharp, G G diminished A, and then it's the major four. <laughs> yeah, sometimes my brain just just goes sideways. But yeah, the major four is is a is a chord that is used in a lot of minor songs. I mean, the classic, you know, minor key progression is one three four five. So. You got the one, the minor one, and then the major three, and then major four, and then the major five. Uh, you don't hear the 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 the, f the five at all in this song, really. You know, because the the turnaround chord is the seven, is the major seven, which is kind of typical. I mean, a lot of a lot of minor key songs use the major seven as a turnaround chord. What I'm talking about is the is the is the seven chord, which is a major chord, the minor key, which would be E major. So. Um, and that's kind of what they, they use that seven chord a lot in a lot of minor key songs. So, I mean, so yeah, I mean that that the major four is there's a lot of heavy usage of that 
in the song. It's 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 a it plays a very f- important focal point in that. And the and and the and the seven and the seven the seven sus is cool too. It's actually what it is. It's a it's it's a it's a seven sus. So it's the it's the major seven with the seven. It's basically seven sus. So dominant seven sus. So it's it's E major right, and then it's the last chord before we get into F sharp minor, and then it's and it's E dominant seven sart, uh, sus. So that's kind of what you're hearing. But again, the the major the major four is so there in this song is just it's all over the place and the chorus and the progression is kind of cool because you know when i first tried to figure out i thought it was i thought it was um six seven one which is kind of cliche but it's actually three seven one which is a little different you know it's 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 a e to you know to to um to, to to f sharp minor so and that's that's a little weird, you know. It's 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 a little strange, because normally it would be six seven one, which would be kind of cliche. But it's it's three seven one. I thought, wow, that's kind of cool. I like that, and um, you know, that's you know a lot of a lot of it's minor keys are definitely something where you, you know it's they're definitely worth playing around in because you can come up with some really interesting combinations in terms of chord changes is concerned, almost as much as major key, even though it's can be a little bit more limited um the thing is about me and minor keys and my songwriting is that you know most of the time when you write a song in a minor key it's hard to write a song in a minor key with happy lyrics because they you know when you write when you when you when you write a song in a minor key you almost have to have some sort of dark unhappy lyrics in there otherwise this doesn't, doesn't make any sense I mean, or dark or mysterious. You can, you know, it's cool to do like mysterious lyrics where it's it's very ambiguous. You don't, re- no one really knows what you're talking about. I mean, that's another cool thing to do with with uh, with minor key songs is write those kind of lyrics to go with it. But you know, it's just it's one of those things where it's like, you know, minor keys are so you know are are really cool to play around with, but they can be kind of limiting too. But still, I think it's there's there's some really good experimentation to be done. In songs the minor keys and uh, musically the, the way the reason why this song is psychedelic rock mainly and I think I talked about this before when I when I when I did uh, when I when I talked about songs in the, within this particular genre of music is are the guitar tones because um, the guitar tones are very very in this genre I mean we you know we all know what psychedelic rock guitar sounds like you hear you know, we, when you think of like Jimi Hendrix, you think of Cream, you think of The Doors, you know the sounds of the what those guitars, those Let Lee guitar makes. You know, you know you you can you know that it's you hear you're hearing fuzz, you're hearing wah, you're hearing wah wah, you're hearing backwards phase, you're hearing uh, tremolo, you're hearing uh, you know uh, what you call you're hearing all those effects, you're hearing flanger. I mean, you're hearing everything that you know. Psych- the the psychedelic rock ultimately lends itself to a very specific set of guitar tones when when it came to lead guitar, um, you know, and and a lot of that stuff you know wasn't really there in the early '60s. I mean, heck, this genre didn't really even exist in the early '60s. Let's be completely honest. I mean, this genre wasn't even around in 1961, 62. But um, you know, it's but when you listen to songs like this, you know you you automatically think of you know when you when you think of like Jimi Hendrix Cream, uh you know the Doors it's you always sort of think of that 
the fuzz, the the wah wah, the the tremolo, the backwards phase, um, you know, the the flanger. I mean, that's that is the sound of the you know of 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 this very specific genre of music known as psychedelic rock, simply because you know the the sound of those guitar tones uh, lend lends itself to the idea of people doing LSD. You know, that's basically what you know when when people do LSD, like that's. They, they often, th- you know, wh- or when you think of people even doing LSD, you think of, you know, those, the guitar tones lend themselves to those sort of scenarios. And it's, uh, you know, that's basically kind of the, the gist of the song. Very, very good drumming on the song, too, very upfront. Um, you know, and like, look, the star of the show is the guy who played lead guitar. The guy who play, who's playing lead guitar in this record is absolutely killing it. Oh my God, he is just shredding so hard. On this song, it's not even funny. I mean, he really just, you know, he his the shredding on this song is just unbelievable. I mean, he is just going nuts, you know. And he and he's staying like all this the the scale he's playing. It's all within that he's staying in the box. He's not really going uh, in into any other keys or anything. He's staying in that that minor key, maybe pentatonic, uh, you know, sort of sound when he when he's when he's playing playing the solos, but. I mean, he's he's not really going venturing outside of the key that the song is, and he's not playing any wrong notes. But he's just really just going nuts. And this is definitely, again, like uh, this whole genre, it's all about the the organ and the lead guitar. I mean, it's really don't don't think about anything else besides that. I mean, you know, it's no, it's really not a piano thing. It's not a horns thing. It's not a it's not a, it's not a, even really, it's a it bass guitar. I mean, yeah, bass guitar kind of plays an important part, but really it's the lead guitar, it's the organ, and it's the drums. The drums are very important too, because the drums, you know, like, you know, really sort of, are they're almost an instrument within itself, because the, the certain accents these drummers hit when they hit the crashes and they just really create sort of a, a, a bombastic sound with a lot of what they're doing on these records it, you know they're right front and center with the lead guitar and the organ but there's no organ on this song anyways you know it's funny like you know there's so much lead guitar going on even when the singer's singing you still hear the guitar player just wailing it i mean like but again like all you hear you definitely hear all the period correct guitar effects on here you hear the tremolo here that you hear the the, the fuzz the wah-wah and the the flanger i mean it's all there you know everything you would think of in, in psychedelic rock it's all there and uh you know it's that that you know obviously that's kind of the the, the musicality of this record that's kind of w- what you hear and you know and also structurally i mean it's first chorus first chorus but there's one verse that's slightly different than all the other verses. You hear that kind of hear the drop out of everything else, and you just hear the drums, and the, and then you hear the gu- lead guitar come back in, and that's when he sing, and that's when the singer sings, "Your eyes have seen your eyes, maybe look like his." I mean, that's that that part is actually kind of cool when they kind of like take sort of a different break from the traditional verse chorus thing or the thing they started out with, and they did something different. That's actually really cool. I like that. I mean, kind of gives a song kind of changes things up a little bit because the song does get a little repetitive i mean it's verse chorus verse chorus nothing too crazy here and then there's a outro guitar solo i mean there's really not not too much here to talk about structurally because it's that's you know it's verse chorus verse chorus i mean there's really not too much to say here as far as the structure is concerned um but it's super cool anyways i really like it 
And now I'm going to talk about what makes a song so good lyrically. And this is, I'm going to have so fun. I'm going to have so much fun talking about the lyrics of the song. I can't wait to dive into it. Okay. So here's the thing about this song. And this is why this is kind of interesting. Um, I don't know if you've, you, you might know this song. You might not. But if you do, I don't really have to tell you that this is one hell of a song because this is probably one of the most anti-hookup songs I've ever heard in my entire life. <laughs> I mean, really, it is just one of those songs that absolutely condones people hooking up and having casual sex relationships. I mean, like, this is one of the most anti-hookup songs I've ever heard in my entire life. And and they make no sort of, they, they, they don't dance around it and they make no sort of, uh, you know, they don't try to, like, you know... Uh, they don't try to dance around the messes. They don't try to make it ambiguous. They don't try to like, they, they, they make no sort of, uh, you know, the misconceptions about what, what they're trying to tell you in this song. I mean, they really, it's honestly, it's like the message is as clear as day. And this is basically what it is. Forget about hooking up and doing it, having casual sex with people. Don't you want somebody to love? You know, and don't you need somebody to love? Isn't that way more important than just hooking up with people and having casual sex? I mean, and look, I mean, there's so many different <laughs> angles to this. There's so many different sides to, you know, wh you know whether or not that the message of the song is correct. And it's totally 100%. I mean, this is a biased song. This is definitely a one-sided song. So, you, you know, dep and then depending on where you're at in your life, you're either going to be like, yes. I totally 1000% agree with the song. You're going to be like, okay, um, not really. I mean, I don't, I don't understand the message of the song at all because look, I'm just going to, you know, be honest with you guys. I mean, I, I'm, I'm at a point where I'm, I'm like, I've talked about this before in my podcast. I'm not really interested in, you know, the, the full on romantic monogamous relationship, the long-term one, because for me, I mean, there's several reasons. I mean, for one, money. I mean, I'm really, really, really tight on it right now. And, you know, I'm so focused on my career and other things. And and for more importantly, another reason is because most of the time when I talk to girls and when I meet them, it's rarely, almost, it's just pretty, it pretty much never happens. I'm. It's rare that I meet a girl and I realize that I'm absolutely 100% head over heels in love with her. I can't live without her. I just get butterflies in my stomach whenever I talk to her. I mean, there it's it's so rare that that happens. I mean, most of the time, nine times out of ten, like I I meet a girl and it's sexual attraction. It's really not romantic attraction. And you know, the thing is about the song is that the song totally totally condones anybody who just wants the sexual relationship and that's it and it, ba it basically and it basically this is one of those songs where if you ever have that relative or that you know that friend of yours that's like hey you know what like don't do the don't do the promiscuous friends with benefits thing just find someone you love someone who cares about you someone who wants someone who wants to be with you and that's and that's basically that's that's the message of this song and depending on where you're at in your life, you're either going to love this song, you know, agree with the message, or you're not. And you'd be like, you know what, like, stop telling me what to do. Don't tell me how to live my life. You know, and it's one of those things where it's like, 
if you're out of a 10-year relationship with somebody and you're so focused on your career and you don't want anything else to interfere with it, maybe you're be, maybe you'd want something more casual, like something like a friend with benefits. Because, you know, the, you know, b- there is a lot of, you know, good things about a casual relationship. You know, for one, it's like, you know, you still have the intimacy and the bond of having sex with somebody and, you know, the the, the yeah, the still have the intimacy in that and the fun that comes along with it without really the commitment of having to spend so much time with them and having to spend so much money on them, you know, and basically be there for them and through good times and bad and sort of be sort of like act as as if they're, they're a pet that you have. I mean, there's, there's a lot of pros to having, uh, you know, a casual, you know, no strings attached relationship. And at the same time, there's a lot of cons to it because, it's it's very easy for for you to for for you to get hurt and for you to get jealous when you see your friends with benefits partner having sex with other people and thinking that you you know you know thinking that you were the only person that they were attracted to and look i mean and that that's the and that's the thing about this song it's kind of a warning for those people who you know like that's that's kind of what you're getting into when you get into a friends with benefits relationship you're getting to exactly that and the, the lyric, lyrically, the imagery, the imagery of the song is it's it's not promoting that at all. It's it's one hundred thousand percent promoting uh, monogamous, you know, serious romantic relationships, and that's what the, you know because it's saying like, you know, those casual sex relationships are bad, and I don't necessarily agree with that. I think they can be really good. They're not for everybody, that's for sure. But at the same time, serious monogamous romantic relationships aren't for everybody either. It all really depends on where you're at in your life and what your belief system is. I mean, if you grew up in a religious family, then sure. I mean, like, you know, you might you might want to consider, you know, something more serious, something more monogamous. But if you're not a very religious person and you don't feel the pressure of, you know, having to have a family and giving your parents grandchild grandchildren or just feeling the feeling the pressure of I'm um, not getting older and <laughs> and I need to settle down with somebody. If you're if you're not in that situation, then you're then fine. I think you'll really enjoy the the casual sex relationship. But this but this sort of song totally condones that. I mean, they use a lot of lyrical imagery, um, you know, to. to to sort of say, hey, this is not this is not a good situation to get into. Like the flowers being dead, and you know, uh, it just sort of that thing. And the the truth is found to be lies, and you know, all the joy within you dies. I mean, I mean, really, the song just you know, the, whoever wrote it is one of those people that just is super like it was one of the probably the most anti hookup person ever because he expressed that so much in the song, and it's and the message of the song is very powerful because. You know, sometimes it it can have it definitely has the power to change your mind and think to yourself, you know what? Maybe I shouldn't do the the casual sexing relationship. Maybe I should try something more for a more serious monogamous relationship. As for me, I want to try that the 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 casual sex friends with benefits things first before I get into the serious monogamous relationship thing first. I mean, as I'm at, I mean, I I'm more willing to try the serious monogamous thing after. I've had the experience with like, you know, doing casual, you know, friends with benefits relationships. That's kind of where I'm at right now. That's what I want to do first and then kind of get into the other thing later. But I mean, again, it's like, you know, there's so many people that are so against that and they're just be like, Sam, you're going to get hurt. Like, it's not going to be good for you. I mean, and you know what? I'm going to make up my mind about that. I'm going to I'm going to see that for myself. I'm going to experience that for myself. 
and then make a decision from there. That's kind of where I'm at with that, with, with, with that, as that, as far as that is concerned. And, uh, you know, and if you're, and if you're in the same boat as I am, you should probably, you know, go by the same protocol. But again, like this song is so anti hookups, it's not even funny. And, and it's interesting it came out at a time when, you know, there was a lot of that going on. I mean, it was, the, it was the late sixties and the Vietnam war was raging. So, a lot of guys, you know, were thinking to themselves, who knows if I'm going to come if I'm going to come back from Vietnam alive or not. So we might as well just have fun and try not to commit ourselves to anything because, you know, who knows what tomorrow is going to bring for us? Like literally we could we could be sent to Vietnam tomorrow and I could literally be in Southeast Asia, you know, trying to fight for my life. So, I mean, that's kind of kind of the, the mentality of what people were thinking in terms of you know, casual relationships at this point, because there was a full on war going on. So they weren't trying to get into anything super serious, but that's kind of where they were at. And that's the, that's what I was the, the, a lot of the reason the popularity of, of casual relationships plus the development, the, 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 the birth control pill just came out and it just became legal. So people just went nuts after that. And also some other things too. I mean, like, you know, uh, it was just crazy. I mean, you know, it was, you know, so that's sort of the, the, where people's heads were at in this, in the 60s. And, uh, you know, again, the song, the message of the song is so clear. It's literally saying, forget about friendships, benefits, hookups, relationships. Don't you want somebody to love? You know, like that's, <laughs> I mean, the message of the song is so freaking clear. I mean, you know, it's, it's really, it's, it's, you know, that's kind of what the, the idea for the song is. And, uh, you know, and look, I mean, again, you're either gonna love, you're gonna love the message of the song and agree with it, or you're gonna think, mm, not really. I don't, I don't really agree with this message of the song. And it all depends on where you're at right now in your life. So, so yeah, I mean, you know, again, like, and also on de playing devil's advocate, if you're somebody that has more religious background and maybe someone you know who grew up with, you know, being in you know romantic relationships, maybe maybe it's kind of what you want to do, like. You know, maybe maybe you've had the experience of being like doing the casual sex thing, and maybe that's not what you want anymore. I mean, yeah, then you probably probably agree with the song. But for me, I'm still, I just want to get my feet wet in the casual sex thing, and not, and then and then figure out if I still want that, still want to keep doing that or not. So that's kind of where I'm at right now in my life. But I mean, I hope you guys found the analysis of the song lyrically interesting. You know, it's it's again psychedelic rock. Either have clear message, clear as day songs like this, you know, about social change, or you know, or you know, things that were somewhat political, or just really you know, crazy lyrics that make absolutely no sense about like very imaginative lyrics that kind of like again like imagine you know the drugs being involved i mean that's kind of and they were taking lsd and they were having you know they were using their imagination more because they were hot you know so that's kind of kind of the idea of you know of you know psychedelic rock lyrics either going to not understand the lyrics at all or you're going to get get the message and the message of the song is going to be as clear as day so that concludes uh this week's episode so that concludes part one of episode number 180 on the music podcast the millennial throwback machine I'm Sam Williams, and if you found my analysis of the song in, 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 any, in any way interesting, or you think to yourself, okay, Sam, I kind of get what you're saying, I kind of don't, but I mean, I really think the song is cool, and I really loved hearing your take and your analysis on this and your point of view on these lyrics, because it's super interesting and super insightful, uh, you know, and if, and if you... 
if you're unfamiliar with this genre of music and you're a millennial, which I kind of look, I mean, this 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 genre of music, it's it's carried over into the millennial generations. I mean, there's tons of young kids who are fans of the Doors. I mean, this sort of psychedelic rock thing is kind of you know, it's 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 it started in the '60s, but then it continued on into the early '70s and into the whole classic rock genre. So, I mean, I really don't think you're 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 super unfamiliar with this kind of genre with this kind of music because this sort of thing carried on from the 60s into the 70s and into the classic rock thing so i mean the, the whole album rock fm radio thing it, it started in the 60s but then i mean look i mean you know there's a ton of people who love the grateful dead and that's totally like you know psychedelic rock i mean look i mean like, but if you if you happen to not know this song and you're a millennial and you're th- and you really like my take on this song or if you're a Gen Z and you're like wow this is a really interesting song I've heard it before but I love your analysis on it please email me at samltwilliamicloud.com uh, you can also reach out to me on Instagram at iheartoldies and you can also um, you know uh, follow me on TikTok too at iheartoldies and please do check out the EP I put out last year as well the next one is on the way i swear to god it'll <laughs> i'll hear the, the the mixes will be done before you even know it, but when i'll blink and the mixes will be done and then i'll and then i'll put out the first single i mean it's gonna happen really really soon trust me it will happen very very soon so you're definitely gonna want to you know keep keep uh keep me post keep posting on that and uh, you know, you definitely, definitely want to keep, 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 keep uh, up. You know, keep on the, you might ear, your ears low to the ground on that. It's it's gonna happen really, really soon. And uh, you know, definitely, definitely keep your ears low to the ground in that. But in the meantime, please go check out the last EP I put out. Uh, you know, it's really, really good. I think you'll like the songs. And definitely, when, when we think of them, at samltwilliamicloud.com. You can also reach out to me on Instagram, iheartoldies, and TikTok with the same username. So yeah, I think you'll really like those songs, and uh, and the next EP, I'll send you a couple of them if you subscribe to the premium subscription version of this, this podcast, and a link to that is in the description of this episode of this podcast, and another thing that you can uh, check out is uh, the, the the official Spotify and YouTube playlist of this podcast, you'll be able to find all the songs I've talked about show, on my show so far, including this one, and there's some interview episode songs in there too, but that was but when the interview episodes are free. Um, the ones from the premium, I'm not on there. I kind of want to create a private private playlist for the songs, but I haven't done it yet. But for now, you can please check out, check out those playlists. And if you have any ideas for suggestions for songs to just talk about next to my podcast that I haven't yet, please email those ideas to me at samltwilliamicloud.com. You can also reach out to me on Instagram and TikTok at iheartoldies. And you can check out the two interviews I did last year with Hawk Magazine, Shout Out LA. And, uh, you know, it's uh, and you really, you know, I think you'll really enjoy those two interviews I did because you'll learn a lot about me from reading those interviews. And if you want to meet me in L.A. after reading those interviews, definitely don't be a stranger. I love for you to, you know, to love for to link up with you and for you to you know, let me know what you think of those. Of If you want to meet, meet me face to face, please, you know, let's do it. I would love to see you. Um, my and again, like you know, after reading those interviews, and you want to get see me face to face, let's let's hook up. Um, my email is samltwilliamicloud.com if you want to reach out to me in there so we can get that arranged. And yeah, um, one more thing I wanted to say about the lyrics of the song before I end this podcast is that, um, at the end of the song, it kind of it kind of gives people the action. You better find somebody to love, and you know, it's one of those things where it's like, you know. When when you love someone, it, you don't really. It's not like you you can you know, 
it's kind of complicated, but basically it, it's it's an action. It, it, you know, they, they, they see it as an action, but really when it happens, you just have zero choice and it just it's one of those things where it's like but again they're 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 uh they're they're considering it as more of an action. And look, I mean there is this is not the only song that utilizes kind of cliche message. I mean before uh, the song came out. There was the Wilson Pickett, Solomon Burke song, "Everybody Needs Somebody to Love," which has the same kind of message. Uh, you know, it's the same, literally, kind of the same cliche kind of a thing. So it's not totally original. And uh, obviously, Queen kind of, you know, basically utilized the same sort of title in their song, "Big Hit" in the '70s. But I mean, that's not really the scope of this podcast. Um, you know, but yeah. So um, I mean. <laughs> it's I I it's one of those songs where it gives it, it kind of I sort of hate when people kind of give directions to people like don't tell me what to do <laughs> and that's kind of how I feel about this like don't tell people how to live their life you know like that's kind of and the song kind of just gives people sort of you know it kind of does that so I mean but yeah so uh yeah that's kind of the interesting thing about it also check out the official Redbubble merch store for this podcast. They'll be able to find all of the official uh, merch that goes along with this podcast. Uh, you know, the, the logo that is specific to the show, which is the catchphrase I say at the end of every episode and keep on chucking Todd I font with the name of my podcast on the bottom. Please go check that out. We'll love you. you can purchase a link from there. And if you liked um, the merch items in the store and you love to let me know what you think of them, please email me at samltwilliamicloud.com. You can also reach out to me on Instagram at iheartoldies. We'll love it if you can do that. You know, let me know what you think of the of those merch items in the store. And um, another thing you can check out is, um, you know, the uh, the, the official uh, music video put out last year for uh, Keeper in My Back Pocket. Now, I did shoot another music video, but it hasn't been done yet. It has, it's not done yet because I re-recorded the song that I shot the music video for. And I said this before on my podcast, the re-recording the song is so much better than the original recording. And I'm waiting for that re-recording to be done so that way we can sync it up to the new to the music video. And uh, you know, that's kind of what we'd agree on. My me and the videographer shot it. So uh, you know, waiting for that to be done. So hopefully that that recording will be done soon and we can just send it and they can just send it over and make it to the videographer who shot the music video. So um, you know, very, very excited because that new recording is unbelievable. And we're gonna shoot some extra footage for the long version of the song. So that's gonna be cool. And that's kind of what the what the uh, what the what's gonna happen, and uh, you know, like I said, I did a long extended version of the song, and it goes along with the, this week's song too. It's a total sixty psychedelic rock song. So, if you've never heard my music before, I guarantee you will love it because it is exactly in this within the style of the kind of songs I talk about in my podcast. It's very in line with it. So please go check it out. You know, the link to the this is in the description of the episode of this podcast for music, and uh, yeah, so. Um, again, please go sign up for the premium subscription version. But hey, if you guys have missed out on these interview episodes I'm doing, they're so good. I, I mean, they're really, really good. So, um, but yeah, so I'm Sam Williams, and thank you guys for joining me for this week's episode of my podcast, The Millennial Quarterback Machine. Until next week, please keep things real. <laughs>